Before we get into this episode, I want to let you know that tickets to The One, which is our two-day in-person leadership experience, are now available at early bird pricing. So if you're in Australia or New Zealand, then you're absolutely going to want to check this out. The One is designed to expand leadership capacity with big shifts reported from participants in confidence, communication, directiveness, solutions thinking, decision making and even conflict resolution. You can check out the case studies over on the website of people who have already done this event and the results they experienced across multiple areas of their lives months later. It has just been such a catalyst for change. That's been more impactful and I've had more revelations and light bulb moments go off than anything that I've ever looked at. I feel like my perspective has completely shifted. It's just, it's been life changing for me. Do yourself a favour and get this locked in for yourself before prices go up. Grab your tickets to one of the events in either Australia or New Zealand over at theoneliveevent.com. It's also linked below. Welcome to the Lead a New Future podcast. I'm Kate Ruby Aroha, a senior leadership trainer with close to two decades of experience. The leadership I'm about is one that values respect and transparency while harnessing our ability to effect change. With a clinical background, I've worked within highly acclaimed leadership teams in the health sector of New Zealand, before spending a decade facilitating advanced leadership experiences across multiple countries. And here's the thing about leadership. Leadership is just as important within our homes as it is within every level of our community, teams and organisations. In this podcast, you'll find a variety of conversations that connect to our leadership and our lives, where we can impact what matters, where it matters. Let's get into it. Imagine for a moment eating one meal a day because you're needing to keep expenses low because you're starting your company. And imagine still showing up and then going on to create an incredible swimwear brand. That is exactly what Valerie Liang did. This conversation is a part of a mini-series here on She Leads a New Future about unstoppability and having crazy faith in your vision and purpose, even when, and especially when, you're facing those challenging bits. This fourth conversation in the mini-series is where Valerie, a Singaporean who five years ago left the corporate world to move to Bali, launch her clothing company and raise her family of pet snakes, has a candid chat, sharing some of the moments that stood out along the journey of establishing her company, Bum Diggity, which is a sustainable swimwear range. My intention with this unstoppable mini-series is to remind you of your capacity, your capacity to chase your big dreams and your capacity to cause change. We kick off this conversation with Valerie sharing how her opinionated nature didn't fit into the corporate scene that she was in and how embracing that part of herself instead of trying to force into a box, put herself onto a path that was more aligned. Let's kick off. I was very opinionated and I had my way of doing things, which I felt worked and it did. Um, so uh, yeah, there were some disagreements with 
the owners because they had a uh, different idea of how they wanted their business to go. Yeah. So with that last straw, um, I was deciding to move out of Singapore, but I didn't know where I wanted to go yet. So I went backpacking in Europe for a month and then to Japan for a month and then to Thailand for a month. And then, yeah, I, I bought this book, um, The Buddha Said by Osho at the airport and something just clicked. I was like, wait, I did mention I wanted to move to Bali years ago. And so I decided to pack my bags and came to Bali for a month. I was doing some research and I, I realized like, okay, I want to start this um, ethical fashion uh, brand and bikinis because it's very difficult to find um, swimwear in Asia. I mean, for the sizing, sizing wise and ethical fashion, you know, because many countries in Asia, in Asia, they actually import from China. And that's not really quality products. It's all factory made, right? So that that was um, how I moved to Bali with this idea to start a business. I love that. And I love when you said about how you were in different jobs and there were sort of like feathers being ruffled because mm-hmm. perhaps like a little bit opinionated. I love what you've sort of discovered for yourself is, yeah, it's because and that opinionatedness is actually a real strength. And I think it's easy to think that those parts of ourselves they are like oh shit maybe I just need to fit into the box maybe I need to toe the line maybe I need to be told what I'm doing and I just love that you've actually turned that around I see that with my daughter she is 19 and I remember seeing her when she was younger and I was thinking I shouldn't say it out loud but I remember thinking to myself I think you're going to be rather unemployable when you're older <laughs> because of how opinionated and strong-minded she is and it's interesting because, you know, 18, she launched her first business and she's ultra successful. So those things, eh, that they, they're such strengths when we can see them as that. Awesome. So you started Bum Diggity when you got to Bali? Yes, actually. So for the first six months, I was doing a lot of research, you know, looking for tailors. It's not, it's not like in any other country where you can just Google places, <laughs> you know, yeah. addresses don't really pop up or if they do it, they're really big um, factory uh, tailoring places, uh, they're still factories, you know. I wanted to do, um, I wanted to look for tailors and manufacturers that were really supporting the local community. So the tailors that I'm using now are actually working from their home. So they have, you know, those cost, um, I mean, cost, it's like a little apartment where next door they have their own like sewing machine, the materials and everything. And they have their own um, tailors that come into work for the day and they go back, you know. So I really like helping like the local. Started um, Bam Diggity when I got here. I did all this in the same at the same time. I was also exploring Bali. So you know, bringing the savings from Singapore, coming here, <laughs> seeing my bank deplete. Of course, I didn't really have the knowledge of uh, how to run a business. In my head, it was like, okay, I'm going to start a business. So it, it took some time for me to kind of learn how to do it. Looking yeah. for manufacturers, the suppliers, and then of course getting cheated here and there and you know, finally, I think uh, after the first year was when I started my online store, which I also YouTubed everything on how to create um website, like website building and management, as well as the graphics. I started everything on my own. Yeah, I love that. So you Googled how to start up your business and you Googled every step of the way and then just followed what you learned. I love it <laughs> yeah. so much. So are you happy to talk about some things that you've experienced in business, like some unexpected things that you're like, holy crap, how the heck am I going to get through this piece? One of the biggest challenges I faced when I started the business, I didn't 
think or do the budgeting of how much it would cost to actually build a business. Mm-hmm. It came to a point where I had to decide to feed my dogs or myself. It was bad. It was really bad. Like I was eating one meal a day in, in the first, second year being in Bali. and But I was, you know, like, uh, I don't want to go back to Singapore. This is something I started. I, I want to push through. There, there was a period of time of a couple of months where I was struggling with the food. Like I, I had adopted two dogs at the time. So it was like, oh, my dogs or me. And, and that, that's one of the biggest challenges, um, the budgeting. So, so really to to plan five moves ahead mm-hmm. and, and, and really see what I need to spend on rather than like, you know, just, okay, I'm going to buy this material. I pay. And then this supplier, I pay. I, I didn't really know properly how to record everything down and plan properly. So th- that was one of the biggest challenges because I didn't have anyone to guide me at the time. Yeah. And, um, another part is, um, so, you know, how the glamour of the online business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, I've online. I've an online business. You know, really nice Instagram photo shoots, modeling, super fun. But no one told me the the struggles that you 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 have to face, like on the back end, which is like sometimes the technical errors. Um, yeah, mailing of orders, and then I get an order from the US, and I I see the shipping here in Bali. It, co- it costs me like sixty USD, and the, the package is only maybe five hundred thousand. Um. Rupiah, which is about like, I don't know, 30 USD. So, so those small things that I had to learn as I go, because I was making a loss at the start for sure, you know, um, not knowing how everything went. I was going to the post office to mail the orders, which was really expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so bit by bit, I had to learn, um, yeah, about the suppliers as well, where um, I was cheated a couple of times. Um, I got the materials to the tailors. I was so used to thinking I was in Singapore to pay upfront, and I just my my uh, my stock. I mean my materials and the tailoring they went missing. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, changed the numbers. They even moved the tailor houses, and yeah. So, um, I, yeah, those were the few things. I was really gullible at the start. You know, I, I came in thinking like, oh, okay, I'm gonna do this. It's gonna be smooth sailing. You know, those moments that you've been through, so many of those moments in the last four years of bum diggity, whether it was, I'm going to eat a meal a day so that I can get through this part financially and I'm not going to just give up on my dream and go back to whether it was like dealing with figuring out suppliers and stuff like that. It's like it massively grows resilience. Amazing. Well, thanks so much, Valerie, for coming and sharing some of your story with creating bum diggity and your shifts. Um, what's your pet snake's names? Pet snake's names. <laughs> okay, so all of them have uh, names starting with V. Oh, I love that. So there's um, Voodoo. Yes. Venus. Yes. Vanilla. Vala, as in Game of Thrones. Vala Mogulis. Vala. Voodini. Uh, Houdini, but with a V. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Vasuki. And what kind of snakes are they? I have a ball python. I have two boas. I have a Burmese python. A blue viper. Wow. Yep. <laughs> so how does that work, having a venomous snake as a pet? 
just me to be really meticulous and careful about how I, you know, clean an enclosure and, and really being careful. I, it's, 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 uh, yeah, you get a bit of anxiety before you handle, I mean, kind of like you have to clean the enclosure about once every month. So oh I put goodness. her out, put her in another box and then I clean her enclosure and then I put her back in. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I always imagine that people had snakes and they weren't venomous, but I've never heard of someone having like a pet, a pet venomous snake. So how do you get her into the other enclosure? Uh, I have a snake hook. Right. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. Have you put that up on your Instagram stories? Uh, when you clean out the enclosure, I'd just be fascinated. Not yet. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's amazing. Where did, where did the love of snakes come from? They represent transformation, right? Yes. One part that I really, really love about snakes. That, that's the first thing, first and foremost. Like I love them because they transform, you know. They grow out of their skin and they shed. They do that once every month. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a continuous thing. No matter how old they are, they, they keep doing that. Plus, they're so graceful and they're cute <laughs> to me. <laughs> they're so cool. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing. I super appreciate it. Um, and where can people find you, Valerie? At- Uneven collarbone in one word. Amazing. And we'll link that below as well. And where is the uh, the bum diggity Instagram handle? At B-U-M underscore D-I-G-G-I-T-Y. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming and um, sharing your experiences. Thank you, Kate. Thanks for listening to the podcast. This is a reminder that if you're in Australia or New Zealand and you haven't yet got your tickets to the one, then go to the website now, find the location closest to you and get it sorted. Early bird tickets will be ending soon. Man, massive breakthroughs, like unbelievable. Having the balls to actually be myself and not run away from challenges that I've probably run away from in the past and take them head on. It's taken me to another place. I'm just not the same person that I was when I walked in. If you get an opportunity to experience this event, do it for you and everyone around you.